Welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, and we're doing a quick introduction before we get to our special guests. Anytime the Cincinnati Bearcats basketball team lands a new recruit, we do a recruiting profile episode. Last week, you heard from Keith Agron of OnTheRadarHoops.com. We talked about Jizzle James, the point guard out of Florida, who is bringing explosiveness and excitement and defense and intensity and playmaking. All of those things are coming to Cincinnati in 2023. Many of you have probably noticed, however, that we forgot a special someone from several months back who, in my opinion, can should take a lot of responsibility for the hype, the excitement, the buzz around the University of Cincinnati Bearcats basketball team right now. Today, we are talking about Wes Miller's first commit for the 2023 Bearcats basketball recruiting class. Ravon Griffith. We were joined by Corey Albertson of the Triple Double Prospects Scouting Service, also a former manager of the Bearcats basketball team and a diehard Cincinnati Bearcats basketball fan. The unique detail with Corey is that he has scouted and known Ravon Griffith and his family personally for many years now. So he was able to offer insights on not only his game, but also who he is as a person. You know, it just a lot of really cool introspection and, and insights into what the Cincinnati Bearcats basketball team is getting in Rayvon Griffith. I've spoken for far too long, so without further ado, let's get into it. Corey Albertson. We are now joined by Corey Albertson of the Triple Double Prospects Scouting Service, a man who is very familiar with Rayvon Griffith and everything he can bring to the table for the Bearcats in the future. Corey, thanks for joining the Cinti Slang and Bearcat podcast. All right, thanks uh, for having me. Always always happy to uh, contribute to some Bearcat stuff as as an alum and a lifetime fan myself. Love it. Well, you've never been on the podcast before, and so I do like to give you an opportunity, any guest for that matter, an opportunity to sort of introduce yourself, talk about what you're doing now with Triple Double Prospects, and, and a little and, bit about your background in the scouting space. Sure, sure, sure. So um, yeah, I run a scouting service, so my uh, service identifies players mainly in Ohio, Northern Kentucky, uh, focus on Cincinnati, but originally around the Midwest to uh, be recruited by colleges, mostly Division One, some Division Two. So my subscribers are colleges. And uh, just you know, try and give honest evaluations and, and names to them, you know, some of the sometimes maybe the younger names like the sophomores in high school. And I've uh, been doing that since 2011, got into that, um, worked at UC for, for Coach Cronin for four years as a manager and um, made the transition from, you know, coaching a little bit of AAU and stuff to getting into the scouting world. There may be a little bit of an overlap, a, uh, a degree of separation here for you in the Cincy Slangin podcast. We've had a, a former Cincinnati Bearcat manager on the podcast a few times, a friend of mine during college named Corey Sims. Are you familiar? Uh, I lived with him before. Yeah, he's a very, very good friend of mine. Still talk to him all the time, man. He, uh, <laughs> 
he, he he's a good 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 guy. I was I would say I knew him when he had hair, but his hair was receding when he was twenty. But <laughs> good 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 guy. Uh, unexpected shots at Corey. My apologies, buddy. But that's a that's a funny coincidence. Uh, there's probably a good chance me and you ran into each other back in the day and, and didn't really realize we were meeting. But alas, I wanted to have you on to to do a, a 2023 recruiting profile on Rayvon Griffith. Usually we turn these around much quicker with when the the player commits to the to the team. Uh, but in this case, uh, Rayvon's commitment sort of lined up with uh, a bit of an impromptu hiatus of the podcast of sorts. So I'm glad to get you on now to talk about Rayvon Griffith. I would say he is the player uh, that when he committed to the Bearcats really started hashtag the movement for Wes Miller and the Cincinnati Bearcats basketball team. And it seems like ever since then, the hype, the excitement and the, the potential around this program seems to have gone up tenfold. So when we talk about Rayvon Griffith and, and what he brings to the basketball court, what, what kind of kind of summary can you give me of what, what you see on the court when you watch him play? Well, first of all, if you if you believe in the the recruiting rankings and all that, I mean, he brings a lot of, for lack of a better word, legitimacy to West. Just having a you know a top fifty, top one hundred, you know, wherever he's at now, type of guy with a big name, a local guy, and I know Ravon's kind of done a lot to try and help spread that with you know helping other guys get interested in UC, especially like local guys like maybe Tyler McKinley, who's a year younger, but. What he brings to the court is is just a lot, a lot of talent and a lot of energy. And, and he's come a long way with his skill set. And going to prep school this year, I think, is going to help him get better in that area. And there's there's a lot of things he can do just off of raw talent that in local high school basketball, no one else can can stop because he's so physically gifted. But he um, you know, he, he can score. He can really, really defend. You know, he, he's he's a competitor. He's with, with his athleticism and his size and his length. He just he brings a lot to the basketball floor and uh, going to be interested to see as he gets more skilled, just, you know, how high his ceiling goes. A lot of uh, a lot of long term potential there should be should be a should be a very good player. So he's, he's entering now his senior year of high school. He's moved out to Compass Prep out in Arizona, and I think it does sound like he's going to he's basically taking his competition up a level. He spent the last year, the past few seasons at Taft in Cincinnati, winning the D- Division Three championship for the state of Ohio. Um, I-, I thought it was interesting when I look at his 24-7 profile, er, you see him listed at 6-4, but then it- it's been changed, I think, to 6-7 recently. Is he someone who has gone gone through a bit of the uh, growth spurt the past couple of years? Uh, he Ray, Ray Vaughn's at least 6-6. Six, six. Um, and with, with the hair, it's probably hard to tell. But he, he's, uh, you know, that, that can be tough sometimes. But He's he's every bit of six foot six. And I, I, there's so much hype around him. So being from Cincinnati, I think it, it kind of made it that much bigger of a deal when he was kept home in Cincinnati and chose to, to join the Cincinnati Bearcats for playing for West Miller and a program that obviously was going through quite a bit of of turmoil and change and transition. Um, however you want to describe it, he's kind of it was kind of a leap of faith of sorts. Um, and kind of trusting in West Miller. Do you know much about the recruiting process and what it was about West Miller and Cincinnati that really that really re- made Rayvon believe and join the join the team? Sure, sure. And, and he wouldn't mind me saying this. Um, and I know Rayvon very well and the family. He's he's a huge mama's boy. 
So, you know, he wanted an opportunity to, to stay home and make a statement locally. And I think he really believes in, you know, coming from a, from a rough neighborhood in Cincinnati and wanting to kind of provide hope from that neighborhood. And UC is kind of offering him the opportunity to really take that narrative and control it himself. And, you know, with Wes kind of rebuilding the roster as he comes in, it's, it's going to be an opportunity for Rayvon to make a pretty early impact, you know, especially if he can use this year to, you know, keep getting stronger and keep working on his skill set. So um, I think he's definitely embracing that narrative of, you know, he wants to be the guy to help, you know, turn the thing back around to, to where it should be. A lot of what, a lot of my opinions on Rayvon are based on what I can find online in terms of highlights. And so when you type his name into YouTube, you're going to find lots of highlights of fast break dunks of kind of wreaking havoc defensively, getting out in transition um, he's got a six, 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 seven frame, obviously long, got a lot of length. And I think you alluded to it earlier in this in this conversation about the fact that he's he's able to do things in high school just based on the the raw talent and athleticism alone from a strengths standpoint coming into his now senior year at Compass Prep. But then what we're projecting is his freshman year at Cincinnati. What do you view as his strengths right now as a basketball player? Oh, I, I think one of them that, that he gets a lot of credit for kind of among everyone I would talk to would be that he, he really brings a lot of energy to the floor. And sometimes with the top ranked kids, if, if the high school game can, can be a little easy for him at times and he doesn't take plays off, he's very engaged and that that's going to be part of it. And then I mean, what I look for with, with kids like him that, that have that talent that kind of transcends the high school level sometimes is, you know, what are they doing that translates to college? Meaning, are they just jumping over guys around the rim and scoring? And at the college level, you're going to run into big guys where you're not going to be able to do that. And I, I think he does try and score in different ways and you know, develop his game to, to do different things. And then the other one would be kind of playing to his strengths where, you know, in the, in the kind of Steph Curry age, if you want, I mean, some guys are just kind of trying to do things they see on TV. And I think he's more of a guy that's, going to be locked in to make winning plays and someone like Wes is going to have to coach a lot of those bad habits out of him, you know, in the, in the early months of his freshman year, which is, you know, pretty normal, I think in today's game. Can you tell me a little bit about, about his uh, prowess as a shooter? Can he stretch it out to three point land? Can he, can he shoot from the mid range? What does it look like right now for him as a, as a jump shooting prospect? Uh, it's gotten way, way, way better. It's way better. And I, I think, I think honestly, of, of if you look at like athletic wings like him, you know, at that age, he's probably pretty average. I mean, I think he's streaky, which again is pretty standard with those kids, you know, and when he spends the year there, they're probably going to kind of work with him a lot. He'll get better at it, but, but pretty, pretty, pretty average for an incoming freshman, I would say. Definitely come a long way. Coming a long way tells me that, that then in terms of being able to improve it and, t- and develop that skill set, it's, it's likely that it's not like a, it's not a Michael kid Gilchrist type situation. Is it, is it someone who can learn how to extend the range and become more proficient as time goes along? Oh yeah, absolutely. Which is good. It's good that the modern day uh, game of basketball does require more shooting than it may have in the past. So I am always curious what these guys can do as shooters. And, and so far, the 2023 class has really started off with two guys that have the way you're describing Rayvon. There's some similar similarities to what people will hear from Keith Agron and how he describes Jizzle James, where it's a lot of energy on the court. It's it's charisma, it's effort, play in, play out. And 
at that level of basketball, it kind of stands out in terms of uh, of how they just play the game and approach the game, which from a Bearcat fan's perspective, like myself, I, I personally get excited by that because it, it does harken back to a time of Bearcats basketball where they lean primarily on energy, defense, rebounding. And that's something that you can translate from game to game a little bit easier than we've seen with with offensive basketball. Oh, I mean, going into the Big 12, I mean, you can you can go at Kansas and and, and make every open three, but if, if if you can't do the gritty stuff, you're you're never winning. So uh, yeah, I think as Bearcat fans, we've been used to that type of basketball, and I, I think Wes is going to um, is is probably going to shift towards that type of basketball as well. I mean, I mean, so the game has changed; that you need more shooting than you used to in the the hugs days, and and even even the days under Coach Cronin, but. Wes is definitely, I think, recruiting towards those those blue collar guys for sure. With his current frame, um, you know, obviously, I, I don't have measurables with wingspan or, or or vertical leap and things like that, but he would seem to have the physical profile of a guy who could become a lockdown defender. Is he someone that does pride himself on that end of the court? Um, do you see Do you see it already at the high school level, or is it or is it really more of a projection? Uh, probably something that I should have mentioned. Uh, I, I think he is definitely known as, as a well above average defender at the uh, high school level. Uh, you know, AAU is definitely to see everybody. He's gotten to play against everybody. So absolutely. I think with his size and length and, you know, as, as like any incoming freshman, you know, as he gets stronger, uh, he's a guy who could, who can guard a lot of positions. I mean, potentially get to the point where he can guard one through most four, especially with fours being you know smaller than they used to be. So absolutely is going to be uh, somebody who can make an impact on the defensive end. You mentioned to me before the, before we hopped on here, you've, you've spent a lot of time, a lot of years kind of tracking and following Rayvon's career. And a lot of that's just due to the fact that you're a Cincinnati and he's a Cincinnati and it makes it easier to follow. That probably leads to you actually understanding Rayvon a bit more as a person, as a human being, as maybe the intangibles. What can you tell us about Rayvon Griffith, the person, in terms of what we might be seeing at Cincinnati? Yeah, Ray, Ray's a good kid. He's got a lot of personality. Um, his his older brother um, is a you know big big extended family, but his his older brother played AU for me, and then ended up working for me in my other job for um, a number of years, very close with him. And then his kind of advisor um, in the circumstance, uh, Tremont Dees, um, who also played for me, his brother's Yancey Gage. So a lot of Bearcat connections there, but I know, I've known those guys forever. I've known Ray forever. I mean, I was hearing about Ray dunking a basketball in like a sixth grade AAU game. So, you know, been able to really watch him play since maybe the seventh or eighth grade and known him for longer. And uh, it, it means a lot to, to try and kind of provide hope where he comes from. You know, comes from part of Price Hill right now. He's a very, very rough neighborhood. And, uh, you know, he kind of wants to be that guy that can, can kind of lift everybody up a little bit. I do like asking folks who come on and do recruiting profiles with us to make some sort of comparison to a division, past Division One player, a former Bearcat, an NBA player. I'm not necessarily making, you know, if you're comparing them to an NBA player, it has less to do with they're projecting to be exactly this at a professional level. More more so it has to do with their style of play and what you can expect. Like what fans can start putting in their mind is maybe a comparison. So if you had to do that with Rayvon Griffith, 
who are, you know, who's a name or a couple of names that you might, that jump out to you as maybe comparable in terms of what we're getting with Rayvon? Ooh. Um, okay. If we're talking about a pro, I would say probably not like this game changing of an athlete, but very athletic, like a, a lesser again, you know, like you said, it's uh, not saying he's this guy, but, you know, maybe emulates this style of basketball. Maybe like a Andrew Wiggins or even like a, a Paul George type of player, like a bigger wing that can, that can, you know, attack the rim and defend, bring a lot of energy. Um, if I'm doing a Bearcat, I'll, I'll, I'll go old school to when I was young. Um, maybe like a Pete Michael, you know, like a guy who can really bring the defense, but also can also can score it and, um, you know, going to be an intangibles guy. That's off the top of the head. That's probably the best I can do. I think those are two great comparisons, especially the Andrew Wiggins one jumps out to me, because especially Golden State Andrew Wiggins, this past year Andrew Wiggins, where he's finally embraced like doing the dirty work, grabbing rebounds, uh, get, you know, cutting, getting to the rim and being a finisher. Not necessarily the go-to scorer that he, he thought he was going to be in Minnesota, but um, you know, just a guy who's going to fill in all the gaps. And I think if you're comparing him to Pete Michael, if we get anything close to Pete Michael in terms of what he does on the court, he will quickly become a, a fan favorite beyond what he already is, given the Cincinnati ties. That's the kind of player that I think we're desperate to see again. And, and given what West Miller's team looked like last season, they're desperate to add some six, seven length. And that's why Daniel well, Skillings and Josh Reed are so important. That's what they currently don't have. That profile bodes well for the big 12 and beyond. One, one thing I'll say about Ray that, that I think he, he deserves a lot of credit for is um, over the last two years, Taft brought in a, a transfer guard named Makai Elmore. And, you know, they, like you said, they won a state title and Makai is very much that new school, you know, I want to play like Steph Curry type of point guard is a really, really good player, a division one talent. Uh, I'm going to do the junior college thing first, but, Rayvon, when, when Mikhail Elmore would get hot, Rayvon didn't have enough much pride and that he was willing to say, you know, hey, you you got the matchup, you go score, and, and I'll, I'll go do the rest, and I'll be kind of the secondary scorer of this game. And, you know, I think you saw Rayvon do that on the on the AAU scene um, as well. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely willing to kind of play that role like like those guys do. So, uh, you know, the more I think about it, you know, definitely said Wiggins on the Warriors, I mean, Hopefully we get to the point where we've got that level of talent that you see uh, <laughs> that, that, that could be, that could be a, um, now I'm, I would tell you this, I, I've seen a lot of guys play AAU in high school basketball. And uh, I saw Andrew Wiggins put the middle of his chest above the Ram. I don't know if Ravon's quite at that level yet, but uh, hopefully he gets there. Cause that dude was special. It's a, it's a great qualifier and great context to share. You're right. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is otherworldly athletic and, it's probably not fair to put that that expectation on him, but from a style of play standpoint, I like the comparison. Well, you uh, you put me on the spot with the uh, comparison, so I got to give as many. Uh, I got to protect myself, right? I keep doing it, and, and it makes <laughs> everybody right. everyone everyone gets uncomfortable. Uh, I, my, <laughs> one of my favorites back in, I mean, a couple of years ago when when the Bearcats landed Tari Eason, we had we had Nars Martinez on from uh, at the time he was with Prep Hoops Washington. And he's obviously seen a ton of talent come out of Seattle and he was making comparisons for Tari at the time. He was super bullish on him, way more bullish than, than your normal um, 
recruiting expert based on where Tari was rated, but he was making comparisons, you know, to like, I think it was Kawhi, San Antonio Kawhi. And, and I think even going as far as like Tracy McGrady, not necessarily scoring, but length and, and how he can attack the rim. And all of those things kind of came true with how Tari's projecting at the NBA right now. So you just never know at these things. Fair enough. Uh, finally, uh, we've talked a lot about, obviously, Rayvon's got tons of strengths in terms of leadership, in terms of, I think, self-awareness about his game sounds, I mean, that's something you always want to see because it's, it's, he's not going to necessarily, necessarily play beyond what his ability is. Uh, you've talked about, we've talked about some finishing. We've talked about defense. So if we if we're looking at the areas where growth is still needed and where there's obviously room for significant improvement, where are those areas for Rayvon Griffith at this point? And where where he's gonna need to learn is is where almost all the most talented kids, and unless they maybe spend their their whole high school career at like a Montverde or something, um, is is just the structure. The college game is so structured, and it's such a culture shock to every kid, and. You know, not not criticizing Taft by any means, but but Taft is playing a a up and down, crazy pace, trap everything style that w- when you have a lot of talent, it really works. But you know, when you go into the Big Twelve and everybody's got players, so you know you can't do that, obviously. So the structure of the game is going to be the big thing, and I mean that simply comes down to to if he's if he's going to buy into to learning it all and, and humbling himself to change his habits. Like you know, again, ninety. I mean, I was at you see when Lance Stevenson had to do the same thing. So, you know, they, they all go through it, and uh, that's going to be a big thing for him. We talked about tightening his skill set. We talked about getting stronger again. Like, that's, like, the most generic response ever. But, yeah, that's 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 how basketball is it, for kids that age. But, when, you know, when I think about Ray, you know, there, there's a lot of people that like to criticize the whole concept of the early rankings and, all the YouTube and I'm, I'm one of them a lot of times, but the advantage to that type of situation is that you get a kid that'll come into a college situation, having played a ton of basketball in high pressure moments, with a lot of people watching. So he, he's going to need less transition time to kind of playing under the bright lights. He's played against elite talent. Um, there, there's, there's some advantages there. If, if you look at, and, and I'm not saying he's going to be this level, but if you look at all the guys that go to, UK and, and Duke, you know, they're, they're able to make that instant impact because they've, without being in that situation before, they've been in high pressure situations. I, I think what he brings there can overcome a lot of his, not, not weaknesses, but areas to improve with, with skill set and whatnot. Really, really great insights there. Corey, I appreciate all the time you, you took with us today to talk about Rayvon Griffith. Where can folks follow your work, follow you on Twitter? What, what, what should we be plugging right now on Cincy Slangin? Sure, sure. Um, I've been off of the basketball world for a few months. Um, had some other things going on, other work, but I'm, I'm going to get out a lot more this winter. And when I get out to games, I like to post on Twitter a lot. My Twitter is at Corey, C-O-R-E-Y underscore Albertson. Uh, same thing with my website and my podcast. They're both linked on there. Again, haven't been doing a ton of it. Uh, this summer I was off, had some other stuff going on, but um, definitely do a lot of Cincinnati high school basketball stuff and try and tweet a little bit about how our guys are doing at the, at the college level. And, um, you know, the few guys that are maybe making it at the pro level and whatnot. 
Great. Well, make sure we follow you guys all follow Corey at Twitter on Twitter. Um, I'll make sure I'm putting your information in the show notes, obviously. And then now that I know you are a massive Bearcat fan with ties to Corey, we previously had Corey on a couple seasons ago, multiple times for like sort of like story time with Corey story, Corey stories. Uh, you know how he likes to get those off, but we, we'll, we'll get you back together with him on the podcast and we'll, we'll talk about the good old days with Nick. Oh, I, I very much look forward to that. Okay, we'll we'll keep us in mind, and uh, we'll we'll be setting that up this season for uh, for some downtime. But Corey, any any uh, any final parting shots on Rayvon Griffith before we get off the pod here? Man, I think you covered it in depth. So I'm going to say no, but I, I mean I, I'll say that as a lifetime Bearcat guy, you know, as as um, someone who knows a lot of the Griffith family really well, um, really 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 hoping, really proud of him, and then hoping to see him uh, make an impact that you see and uh, make the most of the situation. I love it. Well, thank you again, Corey, for joining the Cincy Slang and Bearcat podcast. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you.